Okay, welcome back to part two. Baruch Hashem, the Olam came back after last week for a second part. Uh, just to summarize what we said yes last week, and the Mitzvah Shem continue with this week's topic, is last week we basically, I guess we could sum up last week's um, part one with a very simple idea, and that is marriage is an amazing opportunity to work on oneself and develop an incredible relationship that lasts hopefully a lifetime, and it can be a very, very... Uh, amazing, fulfilling experience, obviously if it's done in the correct way, and obviously if all the right tools are used. Uh, what we did say, which I want to reiterate again, and that is, it does take work. There are challenges that come up, like everything in life. We don't shy away from challenges, we don't ignore them, and pretend they don't exist, and walk away from them, because ultimately we lose out from that. Rather, we face our challenges and we deal with them. So the point over here, I would say, is, as I said last week, we are not going to be discussing the actual dating uh, process, the marriage itself. Maybe we'll do that at maybe a different time. That's a different series. But what I want to discuss here, and every week in Mitzvah Shem, we're going to try to meet to do that, is every week a different topic within working on ourselves from within, as we mentioned last week. That's what it's all about. So that we become that person that becomes ready to get married, and even if you are married, to stay married. And this is, again, something that is not something we work on just now while we're in Shiva. This is something we can work on our entire lifetime. This is something that may even take a long time to work on. We're not perfect, and I don't even know if we will ever be perfect. But as long as we're on the way, as long as we're trying and we're working our way through that, then that's incredible. I also want to mention that many of the following weeks that we're going to be discussing every week a different topic. So what we're discussing this week, we're not going to discuss next week, it continues and continues, is generally based on experience of dealing with situations in marriage that come up and seeing where people fall and where people make mistakes. Therefore, let's fix those mistakes, let's work on those mistakes now. Right Again, it's not too late if you are married, and it's for sure better to work on it beforehand. Um, but again, this is something that you can listen to again and again, work on it, you know, internalize it, change yourself, and it's really what you're meant to do, right? It's not something that, it's, it's very nice to come here and listen to the share and say, well, great share, you know, I heard that story already, that Vatari I know already. That's not the point. The point is really an understanding that we're here to internalize the messages and the lessons that we're learning weekly from these uh, these get-togethers, which are, again, as I said, every week a different topic. So, a little bit of an introduction to today's topic, and that is when we have a relationship with someone, when we build a relationship, ultimately with what we're doing in marriage, is we're building a relationship with another human being, another human being that thinks differently to us, that grew up differently to us, has a totally different environment when they grew up, different parents, different understanding of life, different perspective, right? We spoke last week about the, the, the importance, the necessity to be able, we spoke about this at the end of last week, the, the ability and the uh, importance and necessity to see somebody else's perspective. Uh, I got a phone call this week from um, somebody who was discussing their child about whatever it was about their child. And in the conversation, it was very, very clear that this woman was suffering from a problem in her marriage and she wanted to make sure that her child didn't suffer from the same thing. 
And therefore, she wanted to make sure that this is something that, she's like, there's no way my son can get married if he is in this situation. Please, would you help me? And what can we do about it? Right? These are important things for a person to remember. That when you're working on a relationship, and you're working on something about appreciating somebody else, understanding somebody else's perspective, this is exactly what this woman wanted to know. She was worried that her son wasn't able to see somebody else's perspective. Life was always about his perspective, but nobody else's. Which she said, which she said quite clearly, she sees in her own marriage, and there's no way her son can get married if she doesn't, if he doesn't see somebody else's perspective. It, it just can't happen. You have to learn to be able to see where somebody else is coming from. That doesn't mean that you have to agree with them. That doesn't mean that they're always right or you're always right, but it means that you have to understand where they're coming from. As we mentioned last week, the greatest human need that we have is the under- that someone understands us. Right? We don't have that. We have nothing. So. If we want to build a relationship, I want to discuss something today before we even get into the actual relationship and how to deal with communication and to deal with respect and to deal with gratitude and all of these things which are the most incredible and very important aspects and things in in marriage. Let's go from within. As we said last week, Muslim is about learning from within, improving ourselves from within, and then Mimela, it comes on the outside, and we become better people. So in order to create a relationship, you have to be able to allow somebody within your space. You have to allow somebody else to be able to share your world. Okay, and that's a very, very important thing to, to do that. Now, the step over here is to let somebody else into your lives. It's a very important part of marriage. You can call it, in one word, I guess, vulnerability. Right? People have a big problem with being vulnerable. They're scared, lack of trust, other reasons as well, trauma in their previous you know, years, whatever it may be, they're, they're scared to become vulnerable. They're scared to give over to somebody else. It happens a lot in Shaduchim, by the way, as well, where people call up in the middle of you know, three, four, five dates, and they're, should I mention this? Should I not? I'm scared to say things. Who knows if she's going to know too much? Who knows if she's going to dig within my life? People are scared to share details about their lives, right? So therefore, one of the very crucial aspects of marriage is, is to be vulnerable is to let somebody else into your world because that's what it's all about to open yourself up to become a greater person so that you can allow somebody else into your personal space in that case and again yes people are scared of getting hurt and if a person will allow himself this closeness if a person will allow himself this vulnerability this ability to allow somebody into your life and that may may mean sharing secrets and to saying things that could put yourself and your relationship in a little bit of a balance. But if you allow that, this creates a very, very close relationship. Because generally speaking, and we know this from our own lives, even if we're not married, the person that we generally share our problems with is someone that we're close to, someone that we trust. We're only able to put our trust into someone that we know is going to be able to take that trust and do us good with it. Someone that was scared is going to go talk to everybody else. We're never going to tell that person something. Therefore, men are very, very, a little bit guilty more than women in this, is that they're scared to give over. They're scared to have that vulnerability. And that's what it is. It prevents the closeness of a relationship if you're not able to open up your world and give over to somebody else. Okay? That's an important thing. I I once heard from, from a couple, you know, me and my wife, we're just two different people just happen to be living together in the same house. That's not marriage. That's not the, the goal of marriage, just to be happily living together. It's not what it's about. It's about creating a bond, creating a relationship, and letting go. And there's a reason why often it doesn't happen. And that is the following, and that's really what I want to spend today on. 
So t- that was just a hakdama to understand why we're going to be discussing what we are discussing today. And therefore, the idea and the goal of tonight is that you will be able to be vulnerable, to give over your trust, to open up your world and allow somebody else in, and therefore build a very, very close relationship with your own wife. Now, in order to be comfortable, to allow somebody else into your own world, and this is crucial, and this is today tonight's topic, you have to be totally happy with yourself. You have to be happy with yourself. And we mentioned this a little bit last week, that we said, that, you know, we mentioned that story of that Yid that said, I'd love to meet myself. And we mentioned Rabbi Tversky, who was, you know, at the beginning of his career, unhappy with who he was, his personality to be alone with himself. And that is, if we're, if we're not happy with ourselves, if we're not comfortable with who we are, then we will never allow somebody else into our lives. We cannot allow someone into our lives if we ourselves are not comfortable with who we are. And therefore, if we're always in the defense, if we're always worried about what people think, if we're always worried about being squashed, then we will never allow a relationship to ever blossom, to ever happen. People are married for many, many years. Right, I dealt once with a couple, after five years, the husband came to me and admitted, I don't have a marriage. I have a wife. Yes, she cooks and she does the laundry, and it's wonderful, but I don't have a marriage. If you, It's very nice that you get married. It's very nice, like Rav Scheinberg always used to say. Rav Scheinberg used to say, Rav Shiva Zatzal used to say, that it's no big kunst to get married. Anybody can get married. It's not a big deal. The kunst is to stay married. That's the kunst. And that's what we're dealing with over here, as we've said so many times. And therefore, I want to spend a few Moments tonight discussing this Indian. In order to let someone else in your life, you have to be comfortable with who, with who you are. And basically borders on the idea of self-esteem and everything together with that. Now, the Pasuk we know says, I have to love people like yourself. Okay? Now, why can't it just say, What's the like yourself? And the answer is, if you don't love yourself, if you don't respect yourself, you can never love somebody else. You can never respect anybody else. You can never bring somebody else into your life. So Rabbi Sai, why does it happen? Why is it that we, why we suffer? So many people are suffering from this problem. And there, I think there are two reasons why this happened. I'll give you two reasons and we'll try to give a practical idea of how to deal with this. Number one, people simply just have a low look of themselves. I, you know, I've, in, in my years of Teaching, I've spoken to so many countless and countless, countless of people, and so many people just have a low perspective of their life. I'm nothing, I can't do anything, what am I, what can I accomplish, v'chuley, v'chuley. People just don't think anything of themselves. That's number one, we'll explain in a moment. And number two, people often feel threatened by others, and therefore they defend themselves. Okay, let's talk about number one. Number one, people just falsely believe that being an onov, someone that's humble, means that I have to think of myself as a nothing. I'm a nobody, I'm a low person, I'm a nothing, therefore I'm an onov, I'm a humble person. Now we all know the famous and most, you know, I guess uh, popular and the most uh, public answer to this is Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu, the Torah tells us very clearly, was the greatest onov that ever walked planet earth. This we all know, that's clear. Now does that mean Moshe Rabbeinu walked around saying I'm a nobody? Not a chance. You think Moshe Rabbeinu didn't realize he was the greatest Navi to ever walk planet Earth? Do you think Moshe Rabbeinu didn't realize that he took three million people out of the tribe? Do you think Moshe Rabbeinu didn't realize that he brought Torah down from 
from Har Sinai to Klal Yisrael, of course Moshe Rabbeinu realized what he was capable of doing and what he accomplished. But he realized that what he had were the gifts from the Rabbeinu Shalom. And that doesn't make him any superior to anybody else. It doesn't make him any better, any higher, any superior. Every single human being is born with strengths, and guess what? Also with weaknesses. We're born with both. And our job over here in this world, of 120 small years, is to deal with those advantages and disadvantages with those strengths, with those weaknesses. Hopefully, we're able to take our strengths and utilize them to the better, and hopefully we can also cope with our weaknesses. But uh, but nobody has to realize, everyone has to realize that your strengths and your weaknesses don't make you better or worse than anybody else. A true honor, a true humble person is a person that recognizes his strengths are given to him by the Rabboni Shalom. He could use them for his Avodah Hashem to become a better person, to help the world, to change the world, to help other people, whatever it may be. But ultimately they come for Hashem and they are for your mission in this world. And the same is true with your weaknesses. They were given to you custom made, tailor made by the greatest tailor, capital T, to ever be in the world. And that's the Rabbi Nishalaylam. Custom made. Every single one of your weaknesses and strengths were made with that way. So number one, people suffer from it simply because they think I'm a humble person, I'm a nobody, I'm a nothing. That's not true. That you are not in intrinsically either good or bad, right? Intrinsically, we're all good. But what I'm saying is what, what you do, what you have, doesn't make you any better, doesn't make you any higher than anybody else. Now, number two is a little more difficult. Number two is people that are always on the defense and therefore they feel threatened. I'll give you an example to this. You can find the most successful businessman Unbelievable. This guy's the chief executive, the CEO of the company. Everyone respects him. He's an amazing, successful businessman. He's made a lot of money. He's, he's amazing at what he does. He runs the whole company. He's, he's amazing. The same man can come home at night and all of a sudden be the worst husband and the worst father. How does that make sense? This guy from nine to five is the greatest boss. Amazing. You know, people look up to him. What an amazing person. So calm, so easygoing, so understanding, so flexible. Comes home and all of a sudden he's snapping at everybody, angry at everybody, judging everybody. He's a terrible father. He's a terrible husband. And the answer is, obviously, and that creates a terrible relationship. The answer is that he has over here, obviously, a situation of a self-esteem issue. He has a low look on himself. And therefore, when he's at work, it's very easy to be successful where people are, you know, just, you can just imagine the scene, by the way, the Kain Godel, right, was in the, the Flavor of Flim, he was in the Mamash, the Kodesh HaKadoshim, and Yom HaKippurim, unbelievable. And the, the Posseg actually says, Hazan explained it in more detail, which we're not going to go into, is that he has to go home. And Mephoshim asks, like, why does he have to go home? What's the purpose of that? So you can imagine, this Kohen Godel is like the, the, the man in Klal Yisrael. He is being Mechavah for Klal Yisrael, Yom Kippur, the highest day of the year, the holiest place of the year. He's the man. He comes home, and the wife says to him, um, could you please take out the garbage today? You know, it's been a busy, busy day. You've been in the Kodesh Kodoshim, you had a busy day. I also had a busy day, I was with the kids. It wasn't so easy, right? All of a sudden, he's at home. He's not that Kohen Godel that he was, right? He's a do- Now he's the husband. My Mashkeh, actually, always used to say that a man has to wear two hats. And when you come home, you take off the hat of your work, koilo, making money, learning, whatever hat you're wearing when you're out the house, and now you put on your chesed hat. It's a brand new hat. You're entering a new zone. You're entering a new place. Therefore, it's very easy when a man is at work and he feels successful and he feels driven by that, that he's good. He's not threatened by anybody. He's the boss of the company, right? So therefore, no one's threatening him. He feels okay. He doesn't have to be on the defense. He's good. 
the moment he's at home, all of a sudden, he feels threatened. And if he feels threatened because he's not comfortable with who he is, therefore, he can create a problem with a relationship because he won't allow anybody in. We have to internalize. Every Yid was created, but Selim Elikim, we're in the image of the Rabbi Shalolam. Yes, we have weaknesses, but that doesn't make us lower than anybody else. This is something we have to tell ourselves again and again and become comfortable with. Yes, we have our weaknesses. Yes, we have our issues that we were sent down to this world specifically to work on them. But that doesn't make us lower than anybody else. It doesn't make us worse than anybody else. We are gewaldic. We are made with Selim Aleichem. We are made exactly the way the Rabban Shon wanted us to. The greatest example possibly that we can learn from is obviously Haman. Haman Harosha, as we know, simply look at the Megillah. Gemara tells us that the Megillah openly says it very simply. Haman was the greatest power basically after Achashverosh, right? The prime minister, everything, everything and everyone at his disposal. He could do whatever he wanted. And what did he say? It's not all this is not worth it for me. Why? Because of one Jew that wasn't bowing down to him, that wasn't giving him the respect. Now that doesn't make any sense. Really? The whole thing, everything you have, the position, the power, everything you're able to do is not worth anything. Why? Because of one Jew, you have really bad self-esteem. You obviously think really badly of yourself that if one year doesn't bow down to you, then what happens is you completely melt down because I can't manage. If you didn't have that thought, if you didn't think lowly of yourself, it wouldn't bother you if, as a Jew, who is not bowing down to you. You know, I'll give you an example. This may not apply to everyone, but I do think that you'll fully understand this example. Okay, and it can apply in different cases. You can switch the example to whatever you want. Just imagine, you're a guy that comes every single day to Shachos. Right? On the way to work, on the way to Kodal, whatever. You always come on time for Shachos. Right? Great. One day you were delayed. One day you were delayed. Uh, the kids, uh, situation. I was delayed for Shachos. I came 20 minutes late. Came there just before Yishtabach. Just about waiting for Baruch or whatever. That day, that day, my neighbor, who I'm so friendly with, you know, who respects me so much, was the only day that my neighbor ever came to that minion. He never, he never does by that in the minion, he does somewhere else. He comes to that minion that day. You look at him, you're like, oh, seriously? You had to come today? Like, I'm normally on time, right? You almost want to go over to him and tell him, by the way, I normally come on time, right? It bothers you. Why does it bother you? Honestly, if you normally come on time, what does it bother you that if there's a guy over there that you wish he wouldn't have come today because I normally come on time, now he's going to think I don't come on time. You care what somebody else thinks? Now, I'm not saying you don't have to care at all what people think. Of course you do. You have to be careful what people think of you. But ultimately, if you were comfortable with who you are, if you're comfortable with the way that you act and what you're doing in life and your purpose and mission in this world, it wouldn't bother you if somebody is looking at you in this way or that way. And that person including is your wife as well. And therefore we unfortunately live in a world where we're worried what people think of us, what people say. Why? Because we have a low opinion of ourselves. The moment we have a low opinion of ourselves, we cannot build a relationship. We cannot open ourselves up. We cannot allow anybody in. And that is the beginning of a non-existent relationship in a marriage, which is a disaster. One of the greatest examples, again, I'm not saying any chedushin, but things just to point out, was obviously from the Miraglim. The Miraglim, we know, came to spy out Israel. They came back and they reported back and they said what we saw was terrible. They cried. The Rabbanu said, well, you cried now. We're going to make a year, every single year. for a t- You know, it's going to be crying. And that was Tisha B'Av, of course. And the Vesemidosh was destroyed. Now, what did they say? 
They said that we saw fortified cities, they saw strong people, it's too much for us, right? And then they said, right, the Medrash confirmed that this is true. They saw giants over there, and we were like grasshoppers in their eyes, right? How did they know that they were grasshoppers in their eyes? How do you know how somebody else is perceiving you? That's the question that the Heidegger Kotzka asks. And he says like this, if you look at the words, In our eyes, we were grasshoppers, and therefore in their eyes, we also were grasshoppers. In the way you look at yourself, in the way you perceive yourself, is the way that other people will also perceive you. If a person knows to look at himself from a place of strength, if a person knows and understands, yes, I may fall, yes, I may have my weaknesses, but I also have my strengths, and the Rabbanishim created me in this way because that's my mission. I don't care what someone thinks of me. I don't care what someone says about me. Yes, of course, there's a level to that. There's obviously a borderline. We do have to care to some degree. But if we would work on this, on this understanding, that we are intrinsically good, we are gewaldic, then we realize that if we fall and we have negative situations, okay, but that doesn't make us any worse. And therefore, once we become comfortable with ourselves, once we realize who we are, really, who we are, and we're proud of who we are, and we're comfortable with who we are, we can then move to the next stage. And the next stage after that is to open ourselves up to allow somebody else, namely our wife, in to allow the relationship to blossom. Mr. Shem, next week we'll start with a brand new sugar.